Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. We, uh, we continue on. I will say this, that uh, over the weekend I saw that people were freaking out because there was an announcement made that the Cleveland Guardians had hired Craig Council. And after you looked at it for a minute, you realized it was a bogus site. So no announcement there. Uh, we're hoping to hear something soon, if not today, uh, as to whether or not Craig Council is making a decision of some type. Uh, it's uh, the Cleveland Guardians' Stephen Vogt is uh, the new manager there, actually, the 45th manager in franchise history, the Guardian's official Twitter account made that announcement a little while ago. So they would believe in Stephen Vogt. We have hired Stephen Vogt as the 45th manager in franchise history, uh, hashtag for the land. And that is from the official account of the Cleveland Guardians, which means that Craig Council is not the new manager. And the reason that it's trending on the Brewers' uh, Twitter account is because that he is not, you know, the new Cleveland manager, that there's still hope that maybe he comes back as the uh, the manager. Um, uh, that he is going to be the manager of the Brewers. Now, Todd Rosiak said, going along with our reporting from last week, another source familiar with the situation has confirmed that the Brewers have and have had for quite some time an offer on the table. That would make Craig Council the highest paid manager in baseball. So uh, it's not for a lack of money, apparently. So, you know, well, there there is a world in which they have an offer extended to him that would make him the highest paid in baseball. But the Mets also have an offer that would also make him the highest paid but for more money. So there is that. But it sounds like the Brewers are committed to paying him a lot of money and resetting the market for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that. That just so we know. Uh, because for a while it was just, uh, oh, he's only making $3 million bucks, and, uh, you know, it's Mark Atanasio is going cheap. And no, and that is not the narrative. That, well, the Mets, and maybe the Mets could just blow that offer out of the water. Who knows? But he talked to Cleveland. That was not the decision. Uh, he's talked to the Mets reportedly. Um, and we just now wait. We wait and see. But uh, according to Todd Rosiak and his sources, the Brewers have put an offer and have had an offer on the table to make Craig Council the highest-paid manager in all of baseball. So now we just wait and see if it's something that truly Craig wants to continue to do. And then, you know, now the other side of that coin is, so you want to pay him a lot of money to stick around. How much are you willing to pay to build the team that's needed to be even more successful when it comes to getting to the postseason. So we'll see. So some A little bit of baseball news sprinkled in today. But uh, the Cleveland Guardians have indeed hired Stephen Vogt as their manager. So that now is out of the way as well. Uh, 877-867-1670. Welcome to everybody on, on the network now. Every station in the state of Wisconsin, it's on the network, is all on the network. 
Good to have you. Want to find us on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels at Bill underscore Michaels. You can also track us down uh, via Grant Bills at Wisco Grant at Wisco Grant. You can find us on Instagram, uh, the Bill Michaels Show on Instagram. Same thing over on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Bill Michaels Show. You can also watch us each and every day on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show and please hit subscribe and like. And we ask you to do that. Even if you hate us, who cares? You're still going to come back and watch it anyway because you think we suck. So just hit like. And then uh, when the show comes on the air, it'll pop up. It'll pop up. It changes some algorithms for us, too. So we appreciate that. Uh, you can also find us on Twitch TV, on Kick TV. Uh, you can see the show on LinkedIn now as well. And you can take us anywhere and everywhere on the Zone app. The Zone Madison, the Zone, Z-O-N-E, the Zone Madison and then after the fact on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your favorite podcast, you can usually track us down. So there you go. Uh, the weekend that was when it came to Green Bay Packers football on a Green and Gold Monday, Packers get a win 20-3. to They beat the Rams. The Rams without Matthew Stafford. The Rams a little bit nicked up. But then again, so were the Green Bay Packers. You know, people say, well, if they had Matthew Stafford, he'd have picked them apart. Okay, well, would they have done the same? Would they have scored at all? Had, say, the Packers secondary been completely healthy? Had Stokes been there? Had Russell Douglas been there? You know, injuries are a part of the game. And I get it when you lose your quarterback, especially a quarterback that's playing pretty well, and that's a veteran, and he's been in the business a while, and he's got a, got a Super Bowl under his belt. I understand that. It's not the same. But I'm not taking anything away from the defense. I'm just not. I understand the circumstances. There's a reality to that. But they made the plays. They did a lot of things right. They recognized a lot yesterday, blew up plays, and they still beat guys up front. They still won in the trenches more often than not. They still tackled. There was very few missed tackles yesterday. I don't know if you were watching that, but I think I counted four and I, I, that I kind of you know chart down on my sheet, but I didn't see any more than that. And if I did, well, maybe I just missed it. Maybe I was watching something else in the field at the time with the binoculars, but I I didn't see a lot of missed tackles. I saw much better fundamental football yesterday. I don't know about you, but I'm so I'm not going to take anything away from the defense. And, uh, oh, by the way, the people that say, well, nobody's calling for Joe Barry's head today, again, one game does not make a season. It just doesn't. So stop. Same way that, you know, you look at the statistics. If you were just a fantasy guy and just read the statistics of, of Jordan Love, you'd be like, wow, he's great. Pick him up. But you just, you know, it, it's statistics. You, you, you see what you see. Statistics don't always tell the entire story. Was it a good win? It was an okay win. You know, it's good to get a win. Good to snap the losing streak. Good for morale. You know, especially after a week that, you know, guys were down because of the Rasul Douglas trade. The offense did what they needed to do to win. They had a lot of mistakes and an ugly first half of football. Again, but they dented the end zone. And that's like seeing a pink elephant run past. We haven't seen that in a long time. You know, that's almost an apparition at this point. And they did it. So kudos to them for doing it. Getting a win, that was big. That was big. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free. And they did, and Brett says they did what UW failed to do. And that was get a win down in uh, down in Bloomington. Man, oh man, oh man, that was a tough game to watch. Just man, 
I agree with you. Uh, Steven says, what did I learn? Love cannot throw an accurate deep ball. Uh, the angry casual fan says, the uh, statistics don't tell the actual story. You're right. That's why the six drops last week are, aren't accounted for either. True. True. I can go along with that. If you're a love defender, absolutely. I also know that if you want to, if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty and you want to be that way, then you tell me why he missed not once, not twice, but three specific times yesterday. Guys were absolutely wide open, held onto the ball too long, and ended up incomplete passes because because he didn't see the hole. He didn't see it. Didn't trust it. Patted the ball. And by the time he got ready to cock and fire, boom, hole was closed. Couldn't do it. You want to get into that? I can play that game all day long. 877-867-1670. Uh, give us a shout. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people just said I was disappointed. I was hoping they'd get a win, but not this way. I still don't know any more than I did. Uh, again, 877-867-1670. Let's find it. Uh, let's go to Jamie listening to us in Reedsburg. Jamie, how you doing today, man? Good. How are you doing today, Bill? Doing great. Doing great. What you thinking? Well, what I learned is that um, Love cannot outthrow Watson on a go route, and Watson cannot catch – most 50-50 balls, or he complains that he's held or something, even if he's not touched. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and he's not durable, like you said. So, everything you've already touched on. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's what I learned about love. And he likes to go for Watson, even though he's got a guy underneath that's wide open for a first down. So, yeah. The, uh, and I appreciate it. Um, and you noticed quite a few things yesterday. There's, are things perfect? No. Was he better? Yes. And I give him credit for that. Um, and again, Christian Watson, I mean, he's got that kind of burner speed. I mean, you saw it yesterday though. You saw a couple of times where, you know, Dak Prescott underthrew CD lamb. You saw yesterday, Jalen hurts did the same thing. He underthrew a guy. Sometimes, you know, it happens. It's not like, and you even saw it uh, yesterday with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did it with Jamar, Jamar chase. Had he hit Jamar chase in stride, Jamar chase doesn't end up going down with that back injury last night. He had to come back for that ball. So even Joe Burrow does it. It's like every quarterback can do it. But we see it consistently as opposed to something that we, you know, we, we're, one will see uh, a ball that's thrown perfectly, dropped over the shoulder, guy falls into his hands, guy can take off and continue to run and in and, and stride. We, we don't see that. You know, we have seen that with some of the quarterbacks that I have mentioned. And by the way, Dak Prescott, I give him credit. He played well yesterday. Played well. Uh, I watched a lot of that game when I was on the air uh, from Burkle's one block over. Played well and went toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts. It, they just, again, just ran out of time, which is a familiar familiar ending for the Dallas Cowboys. But, um, yeah, he uh, he played pretty well yesterday. And he's played well the last few weeks, ever since they got knocked off in San Francisco. So, I get, I've always – I've been hard on Dak Prescott, too. But he's played pretty well. Now, again, he's got a, a historical career of failure. But lately, he's been playing a lot better. I have to give him credit for that. Uh, 877-867-1670. Find us. 
Uh, this is from Jake. Jake says, I have seen enough of Jordan Love to know that he is going to be maybe an average to above average quarterback, and that's all. Next year, he's going to have competition coming into camp, but beyond that, I think he's going to be the starter. It's disappointing because they're not going to cut bait until they firmly believe he simply can't get it done. Everybody's going to point the finger at everything else. The quarterback is not going to be the problem. It's going to be the snapper. It's going to be the wide receivers. It's going to be the running backs. It's going to be the play calling. When ultimately, the guy with the, the ball in his hands at the end of the game is going to be the guy that has to look himself in the mirror. And we know Jordan Love is good, but he's not great. He is not the next. That is from Jake. Jake, appreciate the email. Thank you very much. 877-867-1670. You can, uh, you can give us a shout, too. Um, the uh, Not You says you can find a quarterback uh, like Love in every draft in the second or third round, not trading up for him in the first round. They made a huge mistake when they drafted him. Um, uh, angry casual fan says, but if Love threw for 50%, you guys would definitely bring that up. I bring it up for a season statistic, not a game statistic. Again, angry casual fan, give me a reason why Jordan Love, why you, you're a big defender of Jordan Love. You haven't done that. You just want to pick at the statistics and, and the analysis. Give me, give me a reason why. And I agree with you. Guys have dropped passes. But he, it, it's clear deep balls he's inaccurate. There are balls that he throws into the ground. Yesterday, he was more accurate than he has been in a while. And some of the help in that has been some of the checkdowns. Certainly, Aaron Jones helps in that as well. I agree with you. There is decision-making that I have seen that at, has been either erroneous or late. Throws that have been behind receivers into the dirt, low for receivers. He says because he's only had 10 starts and he's surrounded by imbeciles. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, C.J. Stroud has had less starts, and he's a much better quarterback. And he's surrounded by a bunch of nobodies too. Your point is moot. You can see what you see. And if you ignore it, then you would never be a good evaluator of talent. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details on Brenda's 30, 2023.
Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show. Hey, I want to remind you, great place for barbecue out in uh, West Salem, Wisconsin. The lacrosse area. That's our friends Carter and the gang out there at Big Boar Barbecue. Lunches, dinners, catering, and all throughout the month. You buy a $25 gift card, you get 30 bucks on it. $25 gift card, you get 5 bucks for free. You get 30 bucks. So not a bad way to go if you love barbecue. And they have really good food. Really good food out there. But Big Boar Barbecue, whether it's lunches, dinners, catering, and more, check out our friends at Big Boar Barbecue. 608-612-0387. Or go to BigBoarBBQ.com if you need some catering. And they've been doing it for years and years and years. Family-owned. Family-owned. Been doing it for a long time. Uh, 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. 877-867-1670. Hey, Bill, do you think the Packers are seeing the same thing in practice that we are seeing on game days in regards to Jordan Love and the arm strength and the accuracy issue? Uh, that's from John and Howard. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, they, they would have to, right? They would have to. I mean, uh, you know, we say, I mean, you know, the reporters talked about it during training camp. Um, you know, Mike Clemens has been on the program and we've talked with Mike about it. You know, and, and you know, when guys say he's got a big arm, that usually means a strong arm can throw the ball a long way, but there's an accuracy issue. And it's and it's not that he doesn't have good accuracy because he does at times. It's just not consistent. Can it get better? I I don't know. I mean, we've seen some quarterbacks get better. Sometimes they get better because of the people around them. Sometimes they get better because of coaching. And sometimes they take it upon themselves to just get better. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, Brett Hundley had a big arm. It wasn't that good. Ryan Leaf, go back to the day that he got drafted first overall. He was terrible out of Washington. Huge arm. Could knock over a building with it, but it wasn't accurate. And he had a 10-cent head. So, I I don't know. I don't know what all that means. I just know that what I've witnessed has some been good and some been bad. And and for the people that want to defend him, again, all you want to do is knock other people. But tell me what you've seen and some things I can agree with. Has there been drops? Absolutely. Absolutely. But is, is it has it been prolific? No. Some people want to talk about, you know, the, the actual um, the offensive line. And the offensive, wow, the offensive line is, you know, not they haven't played well. Okay. Well, by the way, the most drops in the National Football League, let's start with that. Jordan Love is eighth. He's had 14 drops on the season. 14. His completion percentage is 59.6%. Not good. Giving the 14 drops, it's 62.3. Not bad. But every quarterback has drops. Okay? So let's just say you take away half the drops. It's still 60%. Not bad. Not good. Not terrible. Overall, as a quarterback in the National Football League, um, he has ranked 
Where's he at? He's 22nd. 22nd. With everybody that had the only, well, actually, he's 21st. You got to get rid of Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton's only played one game. Everybody else has played six games or more. So he's 21st, ranked 21st in the National Football League. When it comes to passing offense, passing offense, um, and again, you got to get rid of some of the guys that are in here that only have a couple games. So two, three. So he's ranked 24th. 24th in the National Football League. Uh, drops under pressure. As far as sacks and pressure goes, just well, I want to make sure we get all this all this out here, okay? Because there's some people that want to defend it. He has been under pressure 19th in the National Football League, and you take out anybody with less than six games, and there's nobody. So as far as pressure goes, he's in the bottom half of actually being pressured. He's in the bottom half. Um... Pressure to sack. And I hate doing this on the air, but I, I got I to gotta get this out of there. So Jordan Love is 26th with 26th with game plays, 26th. So actually he's 24th in the National Football League. So the whole thing about, well, the offensive line isn't good. He's a 24th pressured quarterback in the National Football League. The pressure is not the thing. Other quarterbacks, much much more under pressure than he is. Drops, he's in the top 10. So give him half of those. Still puts him at 60, just over 60%, almost 61% as completion percentage. If you want to give that to him, that, that's, that's fair. Okay? Deep ball passing, 37%. Accuracy, deep ball passing, 37%. So you go by completion percentage, you go by the drops, you go by the sacks, you go by the pressures. All of the excuses that you're making, I just disputed. They're just they're out the window. He's in the bottom half. So look, I'm not knocking. I'm just giving you the facts. 877-867-1670. Find us. Uh, don't forget, coming up here, bottom of the hour, our buddy Eric Branchek is going to join us coming up here in just a couple of minutes, so stay tuned for that. And we'll ask Eric what his thoughts are as well. Uh, this is from Chris, who says, Bill, I know that uh, there are people out there that are staunchly defending Jordan Love, and I think he's probably a really good guy. I just don't see him as being the next quality quarterback in the National Football League for the Green Bay Packers. I think he has been good but not great. Will this be, will this be all he ever is? I don't think so. Maybe he can get a little bit better, but is a little bit better going to win you a lot of games in the National Football League and for this Packers organization that has been on top for so long? That's the million-dollar question. Great question. That's the million-dollar question. 100% agree. 877-867-1670. Stay with us. Eric Baranchek, Green Bay Press-Gazette, coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Packers get a 20-3 win yesterday. They ended up knocking off the Rams without Matthew Stafford. Ugly, ugly first half of football. That's for damn sure. Uh, to talk more about it, we got our guy Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette now getting uh, ready to join us here on the line. Eric, uh, how you doing today, man? So when you walked away from the game yesterday after that spectacular win, what were your thoughts? <laughs> it was interesting. Thanks for having me on this, uh, this morning. I appreciate it. Um, so you heard the expression, uh, a face only a mother can love, right? Yes. That, that, was, that was a game that only a coach would love. You know, there was enough there to uh, make you feel happy, but enough, still enough stink to drive away most, uh, cons- you know, most consumers. Kind of the, like driving through Kakana, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the, uh, I, you know, the, the, there's an argument brewing today that uh, all of a sudden Jordan Love had a great game and he's back and, and I said, look, uh, I'm sitting with Mike Clemens yesterday and we're talking about the number of misses. Uh, some guys were just wide open and he waited too long to throw the football and didn't ultimately throw it because the window had closed. So, and you know, and then you talk about some of the check downs and things and not being able to throw, you know, that woefully underthrown pass to Christian Watson in the corner of the end zone that ended up getting batted down, but also made some good plays. So let's start there. What do you see after this, this long litmus test of eight games so far? What do you see in Jordan Love? Well, let's we can break it down right now for for me. is 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 very simple. He is growing. <clears throat> I think he's got some confidence issues. So you had mentioned in your statement there that there were some windows that were there and he 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 didn't hit them. Absolutely, just hundred percent right there. But I think some of it boils down to is he's got to be more confident and he's got to throw it. Okay, quit passing the ball. You know, we talked, we talked about this last week. You know, you can't just lob, you know, in practice, you always have to, sometimes you have the shortstop that in practice throws the ball to first base and then in the game, he throws a little bit because he wants to make sure he doesn't make a mistake, you know, so, you know, when you're in legal, little league, stuff like that. So this is this is a, a prime example of that, that just throw it, just, just let it rip rather than pass it. Uh, so I, because I, I think some of that there is he doesn't want to make the mistake. The other part of it is, some of his receivers, quite honestly, have not, you know, A, haven't caught the ball, and B, are not always in the right spot. So, yes, there are some – you can point some stuff out there. But last, yesterday he was 20 for 26 with a touchdown, no interceptions. I think that's, those are pretty good numbers. Uh, can he, I think I like the way he can move with the football. I like the way he keeps the pocket – you know, he, he's not just going to dart out and run. He, he tries to keep the pocket alive and throw. Um but I think bottom line is he needs more seasoning and needs another year. And it's too soon to throw the baby out with the bat wide. We're eight games into this thing. You look at some, look at Josh Allen's first year in the league. He had more interceptions than touchdowns. There's a lot of times, there's a lot of cases that he made. Troy Aikman, one in 15, you know, whatever. Eli or Peyton Manning, I think his rookie year, they were pretty bad too. So I, I there are some things there that certainly have some red flags, but, Overall, I like his conf- I like not. 
I like the way that his presence is in the pocket. I think he can be better. He's got to fix his accuracy. He could be a pretty good, pretty good quarterback. Okay, that's that's the argument that I've been making is that he's just not accurate. Uh, it's it's like hit or miss. I mean, one time he'll throw a really solid ball, the next time he throws one at the feet and in the ground. It's it's been hit or miss with him, and accuracy is probably above everything the most important thing you can have as a quarterback in the National Football League. Poise and accuracy, yeah, for sure, and and but. I, the game's got to slow down for him yet. It hasn't slowed down for him yet. He's still, there's still, you know, I don't know if you can say this, but there's still bullets whizzing by him. You know, it's not, it's not, um, he's not cool, calm, and collected. And I think there's a lot of times, there's a lot of examples that you can look at with guys that are first year starters struggle with accuracy and they get better. Um, so I, you know, that's got to be the deal that next, you know, next off season, well, actually right now, got to work on struggling on, or work on getting, more accurate, letting the game come to you. And the only thing that can slow the game down is experience. You don't, I don't care if he's been in the league for 10 years and never started a game and then rolls out there and everybody's, oh, he's a 10-year vet. It doesn't matter. You've got to have the experience. You've got to see the flashes of color. You've got to feel um, where your offensive line is setting up. You've got to have all of those things that kind of happen, and it doesn't happen overnight. It, sometimes it doesn't happen in, in a season. It took Aaron Rodgers about a year and a half for the game to slow down for him. And he's probably a, a, a Hall of Famer. I just think I'm not ready to throw him out because they're two, they're three and five. That is not, or he missed some throws. Everybody misses throws. Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago before he went on the MVP run was missing throws right and left. A little mm-hmm. bit of, of things going on there with his, uh, with his mechanics to get cleaned up. And he goes off and has two MVP seasons. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying there are small things like his footwork when he's not confident, his footwork is not good. So that's why there's some errant throws. So let the, if the game can slow down for him and he can become more confident and, and be more mechanically sound, he's going to be okay. But until that happens, it's just it, you have to let the baptism by fire happen. There's no other way to just insert it into someone's head. It's got to happen. Got experience. And I agree. I, I understand where you're at. I, I look at guys like, say, Joe Burrow, his first year, and came in and lit it up. I look at a guy like C.J. Stroud, who's lighting it up now, and a very successful op- opening season when you could see he clearly had it, a guy like Justin Herbert, even Patrick Mahomes. These guys have all been there early on in their careers, and they got it quickly. I just wonder, uh, you know, at the end of the season, when you have decisions to make, you know, the worst thing in the world is really not knowing what you have. You know what I mean? So what do you do? If you get to the end of the season, what do you do? Run the football. That's what I would do. <laughs> That's what I like. <laughs> and Run they it. did that yesterday uh, successfully with Aaron Jones. Yeah, I think I, I, I think it's going to uh, – you know, that's the hard part is the Packers are going to have some picks next year and you move up and get a quarterback. I I, I don't know. Um I, I'm sold on the fact I, – I think if it were me, I would get a quarterback in the third round, fourth round, somewhere in there. A decent one, but not – you know, somebody that could be maybe, you know, not someone that's – you know, I, I think wasting a first-round pick on a quarterback at this point is too – because there's enough there with, with Jordan Love that you like. Now, I, is he going to be a superstar? I, it's too, too soon to tell. But there's enough there. I mean, he just looks like a quarterback. You know, he carries himself well. He's tall, broad shoulders. He's kind of what the NFL wants in a quarterback right now, a guy that's athletic and run, but not going to be um, 
you know, a Jackson that's going to try and run all over the place. You know, I, I, I just, I think there's a lot there that for NFL teams, this is, this is a quarterback that you really want. Clean up the footwork, get more comfortable, comfortable, let the game come to you, you'll be all right. Have you ever seen uh, so many calls for lining up in the neutral zone on the offensive side of the football yesterday, which I thought was completely ridiculous? Yeah, you know, uh, my son plays for the Alloway Buccaneers sixth grade football. They had three offsides a couple of a couple of weekends ago. Other than that, I have never seen it more than once in a game, and it's never <laughs> the offense. Right. <laughs> oh God. Never you always so yeah, you always tough. walk up, you, you tap the thigh of the guy next to you, so your knee is in his thigh, you know what's coming, and you don't line up like that. And that, that's the way I saw them. So I don't know what the side judge was seeing, the far side judge, but I that was somewhat head-scratching to me yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I think sometimes when you cheat, you know, you're exposing yourself a little bit and – I think you just you got you can't do that. And I, I think if you listen to some of the post game interviews, I think they t- someone I can't remember who it was, it was Huber or who it was, asked him what was going on there. And he said the first foul, he heard Nyman's number being so he didn't think anything of it. And the second one was him when you know, all actuality, it was him both on both occasions. So he didn't know he didn't adjust after the first one because he thought it was Nyman. Well, when you're looking right. at the video, you can see down the line of scrimmage, Nyman's like, you know, he's not even close. So it's just, I think he mentioned that he didn't understand where the neutral zone was either, that the neutral zone was the front of the, from the tip of the football to the back of the football. And the only person on the field that could be above the neutral zone is the center. So his helmet's going to be up over above it. Everybody else has, their helmet can, has to be behind the the tip of the football. And I don't think he said he didn't quite understand that rule or how it worked out, but you know what? You still the problem is you're still trying to cheat, so that exposes you a little bit. You know, just sit back and get after it. Uh, I now did I didn't really see it really well, but we had a view on both the jumbotron and a view on the television screen, and unless there was something explained, it didn't look like their helmet was beyond the football, did it? Or it was closer than it would. I, I I think it was too close to call for me. I'm a lineman guy. I'm never going to call that. You know, you can't ask me that question. But mine just his his helmet was up straight out in front of the nose or the, the tail end of the football. Hard to say. You know, holding an offensive <laughs> offsides. I don't think if I was a referee, I would ever call. But that's why I'm not a referee. Right. Uh, also, I wanted to ask you about the defense because the young guys in the secondary, I thought, played pretty well. Yeah. I, you know, here's the, the interesting part is you think, you know, you're down, your two starting safeties are out. You're thinking, wow, this could be ugly. And it, it wasn't bad. Um, I guess the most impressive part was I thought they both filled in the run game very nicely. Um, they were opportunistic and got, you know, when they had the opportunity in front of them, I thought, uh, Johnson was a little late a couple times, but again, that's going to be live game experience against starters. It's going to take a minute before you um, recognize stuff a little bit quicker. So I, I, but all in all, I thought they were pretty good. And, and you know, the, the other shining spot, I thought that the young D lineman, and I'm talking to everybody at the exception of Clark on that D line is pretty young. I thought they're playing fantastic football right, right now. They're really doing good. And you, you don't see their names because the things that they're doing, 
is the right thing and it sets up a play for a linebacker to make a tackle or you know either cutting stuff off you know so you know d linemen sometimes you know you expect you know the only time they get any type of uh uh, accolades as if they are getting a sack, but man, when they're driving their guy back and the, line, the running back's got to turn the lateral and then there's a, a play for a two-yard loss, everybody goes, oh, that linebacker did great. Well, it was the D lineman that took the offensive lineman and jammed his neck back, you know, five yards. That's good stuff and really like um, um, how they're playing, but you're, you're right. On the safety side of things, I mean, they didn't get burned deep, which is always positive. They were causing, they were in the mix with turnovers. And, um, you know, they filled on the run game really good. And, and, and like, we're effective. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, I also wanted to ask you, I mean, special teams is, uh, we saw a big return from Keyshawn Nixon yesterday. Special teams hasn't been great and isn't ranked real high because of that, that you know, kickoff return for a touchdown that's gone against him. But has special teams gotten better, do you think? Well, let me ask you this. I think the, the question goes, it's, Let's, let's face it, the Rams aren't exactly the most talented team in the NFL out there. And I think a lot of times your talent level on your football club, your true talent level is exposed on special teams because, you know, the, the guys that can't get on the field are the guy on defense and offense. So those are the guys on special teams running down there. And, and I just think, you know, the Rams are not overly talented right now. They had to dump guys and they had to dump salary. And I, I don't, you know, <clears throat> They got it for me to say the Packers special teams have turned the corner. I'm going to see a couple more like this. You're going to see a couple more times where, where they're not getting tackled at the 18 yard line, taking the ball out of the end zone. You know, there needs to be um, a more uh, aggressive uh, play, you know, running out of kicks and getting some punt returns. I tell you, you know, that Reed kid looks pretty good back there. You turn mm-hmm. the punt, so I, I think he's got a bright future, but you know, more than one game, I got to see it three, four games before you can just say, all right, they turned the corner. Because, again, let's face it, the Rams were not are not a very – they have a couple of stars, a couple of good players, you know, Cup and, and Donald and the quarterback. But that's that's it. You know, I guess that new that new receiver is pretty good, too, for them. But, I mean, it's 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 pretty tough sledding in there. They had to, they had to get rid of a lot of talents. And um, I, I – I need to see it more against a, some more talented clubs before I say they turn the corner. Always good, Eric. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll touch base again next week after that Steelers game. They got a tough one coming up. That is going to be a fun game to watch. This is going to be a barometer. So whether or not this team has, is truly um, making the necessary steps forward. I mean, this was kind of a get get right game. You know, this is the, this is the Division Two home game at the beginning of the season. They needed this this game. And now it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen, uh, especially offensively against the Steelers defense. That'll be right. That'll be something for us all to look for. So thanks again for having me on. I hope you have a great week, Bill. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. There you go. That's Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette to joining us for a couple of minutes. And uh, always good to talk to him. Now, he's got a little more optimism when it comes to Jordan Love, and maybe rightfully so. So we'll see. He said he's not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But when I said, what do you do next year? He said, yeah, I'd probably draft a quarterback. Probably draft a quarterback. You know, so we'll wait and see. 877-867-1670. Hang in there. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Oh, coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Stay tuned. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show.
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11-30-2023. Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Good stuff. Uh, two things, by the way, that uh, I had mentioned at the top of the show. One is um, the fact that the Big Ten has not really done much in the way of investigation um, to the University of Michigan. Now, I know they kind of owe it to Michigan because Michigan, I want, I know, wants to get this out of the way, but I'll say this. Uh, Michigan just had sent them the letter saying, hey, please wait for the, you know, the NCAA process to play out. You know why they said that? Because that NCAA process could be years. The NCAA moves like an iceberg. They act like this is all a big misunderstanding. This isn't what happened. He, it's clear the guy's there in somebody else's getup, man. This is this is clearly cheating. And Michigan wants to act like it's no big deal. Like this is all just a case of mistaken identity, and this is not what we what we did. And this, and if it, even if he did it, he did it without our knowledge. And it's like, come on, come on, just stop. You know, take a stand, have some balls, have some integrity as an institution, for God's sakes. You know? Um, so that, that to me, with the Big Ten doing nothing, is completely gutless on behalf of the Big Ten. And you know why? Because they're beholden to the money. They've got a program right now at, what, 8-0, 9-0, and and they don't want to do anything detrimental to take the Big Ten out of the Final Four and the Big Ten, you know, has a pecking order. If this was, Rhoda, if this was uh, Rutgers they'd already have the coach suspended. There's a double standard, and I understand that, but this is garbage. So first and foremost, that's uh, that's my first thought when it comes to college football. My second one, for the second game in a row, Lincoln Riley, the big badass who talks about being a man and all that different stuff out in L.A., won't let his guys talk to the media after an ugly loss. He remember he's also the guy that, you know, uh, a reporter 
one of the players mentioned something to a reporter. They have a relationship. They mentioned something to a reporter about, I think it was a family thing or something. It was something that was kind of cool. And But because Lincoln Riley, it was outside of the scope of the team events and activities, Lincoln Riley wanted to bar this reporter from doing from being there anymore. He's nothing more than a coward in a bully costume. And he got schooled in three three games now. And Caleb Williams, who's supposed to be a Heisman Trophy candidate and this big stand-up guy who's all bravado when they're winning, can't talk to the media now afterwards. I told you, that guy is a head case. He's the guy that wants a piece of the action and wants to own a team. And he's right there, man, telling everybody how great he is. And Lincoln Riley's right there telling everybody how great he is when they win, but when they lose, nowhere to be found. That's ballless. That really is. So I've got some problems with college football and the way some of these things are run. I really do. Really do. The money has gotten so big that integrity is going out the window. And we all know that happens. I get it. I understand it. But it really bothers me. And uh, it, it – and it, does, it doesn't seem to bother a lot of other people. I don't know why. But it does. 877-867-1670. What's uh, Michigan going to do? They're going to self-impose a, uh, a, you know, a week away from the team after the season. Yeah, right? Michigan, what a joke. I remember when Michigan fans were calling for Urban Meyer to be cut loose because his assistant coach was beating on his wife. And ultimately, Urban Meyer had to acquiesce and get the hell out because you knew that was coming. Yeah. Talk about hypocritical. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 